Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. What's up, peeps? Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner. First off, if you like this content that is coming your way, hit that subscribe button. It means a ton. Hit that bell. Get all the notifications here on YouTube. And folks, if you're listening to this on the podcast streaming platform that is not on YouTube, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Breaker, the whole nine, five-star comment, review, like, share, means a ton. But today, folks, we are going to talk about Reaction video. I'm going to do an, a reaction video for Sark's first press conference from the first day of football practice. Um, yeah. But first off, guys, let's get into the sponsors, man. Hey, folks, 125% sign up bonus code using the code Nino's Corner at BetUS.com. You want to make your bets here for college football, for UFC, for uh, boxing, go to BetUS.com, use the promo code Nino's Corner, or go into the description down there, folks, and hit that link down there. Get you 125% sign up bonus using the code Nino's Corner. And also, folks, my second sponsor, Manscapes. Hey, folks, so support for the Nino's Corner podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. They got their new lawnmower trimmer, the 4.0. Hey, go to manscaped.com, use the code Nino's Corner, and get 20% off in free worldwide shipping. Again, folks, 20% off in free worldwide shipping using the code Nino's Corner at manscaped.com. But today, folks, we're going to talk about the uh, Texas football practice day one. I'm going to do a reaction. It's going to be the first thing. This is going to be like the first time that I've done this for a press conference. So let's see how it goes, folks. I just want to kind of look at Sark's um, interview and just kind of dissect it and break down for all the Texas fans. So the first question, I'm going to kind of fast forward up until three minutes and 20 seconds. He's talking about Troy O'Meary and his first time in practice here. And we'll just go through and talk about it. Again, good to have him back out there. Um, faded a little towards the end. I think just naturally of first day back out really on the field practicing in a year. Um, but it was good to have him. Hopefully tomorrow we get it a little longer. Um, but it was, it was good to have him back. You, you saw glimpses of kind of what you know, we, we thought of Troy a year ago. Um, and uh, Jaleel, you know, he had a little tightness. Stop. Let's talk about Troy, man. So Troy Amiri. Uh, the perfect guy to play that X, you know, like wide receiver, um, the guy who's going to make the contested catches, big frame guy. I think Troy Amiri is about, what, 6'3 or so, 6'2", 6'3", but a big body, big frame guy, good quickness and good speed. Uh, but just seeing him on the practice field, healthy, um, seeing, seeing him on there running. And that's what Sark said, basically. Hey, he lost a little wind here, uh, but it's nothing wrong with losing a little wind there because he hasn't been in the practice field in a year. But if Texas can get him shore up that depth there at the X wide receiver position, um, that'd be great because, you, you know, of course, at the Y position, you're going to have Jordan Whittington. Um, at the Z, you're going to have X worthy. So, yeah, to get Troy and Mary to be in there in that depth, you, you know, phase for that will be awesome to have him behind Isaiah Nair and uh, possibly Hall. 
start talking about player safety and just monitoring these guys, I just didn't feel the need to to make it any worse, you know. So we, we kind of limited him today. So that was Billingsley being limited in practice today, and that's because, like Sark said, just a small little, uh, you know, you know, a small tweak or or just some tightness in his in his hamstring. So uh, Texas, we cannot afford uh, to have our tight end position uh, be. You know, you know, it's basically very limited. Sark said that the, that you know that the tight end position is the um, second most important position in his offense. Um, so I think everybody's expecting JT Sanders to be really, really good here for this team, but also having a guy like Billingsley as well, who can not only play the tight end position, but he can also play more like a a wide receiver threat when it comes to the offense side of the ball as well. Um, so, yeah, limit him in practice. We know what he's going to be able to do in games, but we do have a little bit of depth there with Gunnar Helm. Um, and so, you know, having that, you know, Juan Davis as well, um, you know, so having those guys on campus as well is, is great. But I think the two man tandem that I think Sark really wants here is JT Sanders and Billingsley. Morning, afternoon, evening for the first, uh, I guess that's, geez, two and a half weeks. And then when we start school on the 22nd, we'll be exclusively in the morning. Flood mentioned uh, Kyra Robertson, you know, and Hudson. DJ getting looks at center. Yeah. What do you like about Kyra Robertson? Oh, man. Just that question. So that question was asked by Chip. Um, you know, so Chip basically, you know, talking about Connor Robinson and DJ Campbell being played at center. And, and I had a group text going on with some friends of mine today. I kind of floated this question around just a while back about DJ Campbell possibly playing center as well. Um, I thought that would be an amazing. I mean, if you're going to get your top five players out there, especially in the next two to three years, I'm not saying this year here at center, but I'm talking about the next two to three years because Texas has so many top flight offensive linemen. They're getting a guy like DJ Campbell the opportunity to play center, um, you know, meshed in between guys like uh, Cam Williams, maybe at a tackle, um, a Cole Hudson at a guard, um, you know, Neto at a guard as well. Kelvin Banks Jr. at the left tackle. So you're looking at trying to get your best five out there. Um, but, yeah, Campbell is definitely – going to be one of those guys who should be one of our best five linemen here, if not this year, next year for sure. Uh, you know, but let's get into the interview. <laughs> Connor, what I like about him is, you know, he played tackle in high school, uh, but yet he has a interior lineman kind of skill set. But the fact that he had the movement skills to be able to play tackle in high school, uh, I think shows his versatility, his ability to move. Uh, he's obviously a very smart player, um, comes from a great program. Um, so we're excited about kind of his growth potential and his work ethic. And I think he's come in with a, with a really good mindset this summer, uh, driven and focused and, and competitive. That's good because Connor Robinson, anybody that watched Austin Westlake football, you saw he was, he's a champion. He's a, a, a state champion, I think twice over. Um, a guy that played left tackle, like Sark said in high school, but a guy whose body frame and his skill type, like he said, you know, is, is very suited to play the interior offensive lineman. We're just guard or center, but coming from a school like Westlake, very smart school, very smart player. It's a guy that is, is going to be a really good center if he puts his mind to it. And so I think that's what, what, you know, just Sark is getting at. They actually had him recruited to play interior offensive lineman. 
And uh, he was one of the tops here in the state of Texas when he when he came out. Uh, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how he translates because you got Jake Majors there, and Jake Majors is is young, and so this year will be his redshirt sophomore year or his true sophomore year, one of the two. However, you know, having a guy like Connor Robinson that can learn from him um, and also build his strength up and actually have his body mature to be great. Yeah, I think it's been good for him. Um, you know, we just – If people didn't hear the question, they're talking about Jet Bush moving back from uh, the defensive, you know, line uh, back to linebacker. Retooling, you know, kind of where people are defensively for us um, to get Jet back into kind of, I think, his comfort zone. Um, I, I felt like at times a year ago, you know, he almost got swallowed up a little bit. Uh, Let me pause that for a minute. Um Anybody that knows me knows I love to listen to the Longhorn Blitz. Um, you know, and Rob Bayers, you know, in in Jeff, they always talk about repurposing. You know, so Sark said retooling, which I, you know, it's the same thing, right? So repurpose, retool. Um, you know, Jet Bush came in last year as a defensive end. Uh, you know, basically, so moving him back to his natural position, repurposing him. You know as Rob B would say, repurposing him, retooling him to the position that he is natural at, um, you know, should be good for not only himself, but for the team as a whole. When he was on the line of scrimmage, and I think he could just be a little bit more effective off the ball, um, which we did we did in spring ball a fair amount as well, but he is an instinctive guy, and that's what that position requires. It requires instincts. Uh, he's obviously very tough. Um, and he provides a lot for us, I think, and, and will provide a lot for us on special teams. Wow. You guys heard that? He said he's going to provide a lot for Texas on special teams. Um, so that's kind of giving you uh, a clue that Sark knows who his linebackers are going to be. And I think that's what we're going to get into here in the next piece. He's not full go, no. But so Brockemeyer is not a full go. He was not. Yeah, you know, I feel a little better, obviously, with the, you know, the move of Jet, with the addition of Tuck, um, the emergence of Jalen Ford. I like the progression of Devin Richardson. Um, so, you know, again, not to leave people out, but I just, I like, I, I feel better today than I probably did, you know, three months ago. Let me pause that for a minute. So, like you said, with the move of Jet Bush back to linebacker, uh, Tucker Dorsey, you know, who's a transfer from James Madison, uh, a dog. He was the FCS All-American. Jalen Ford, who people have given, you know, have have, have given uh, great reviews on over the uh, the fall. Well, not the fall camp, but the spring camp and also the summer conditioning workouts as well. But, you know, one person he did not mention, that is DeMarvin Overshawn. I think that's going to be Sark's chess piece. And I think PK said it best in his press conference is that um, who's a difference maker on defense and he named one person and that was Overshawn. So that, Hey, that was agent zero. Uh, so I think Sark understands, Hey, they're going to have linebackers and he named his linebackers. He said, Tucker Dorsey. He said, Jalen Ford. I think those two are going to be the guys, just me talking, not knowing anybody from the coaching staff and not knowing what you're thinking, but I think they feel very comfortable. If those guys are to make it throughout a whole season, that they will probably be the linebackers as of right now. Um, and then having Overshawn be that chess piece who they can put on and have a favorable matchup 
uh, and line up over, um, you know, whatever position he has to line up over so that they can get some pressure on the quarterback. I think that's where they're going to use DeMarvin Overshawn a lot this upcoming season. Yeah, um, I, I do. You know, I, I try to be just more engaged in, in, in defensive meetings and not to slight from an offensive perspective. But, you know, we, we adjusted a little bit of our schedule. Um, you know, for example, this morning, the defense lifted first, the offense met. And then the defense came and met and the offense went and lifted. And that gave me an opportunity to go to both sides of the ball's meetings uh, to be in there um, for the unit meetings and then go to specific position groups. I uh, definitely, I just want more presence. And I, I spoke to the defense last night about that, that, you know, I want them to feel my presence and the style of play that, that I would like for, for us to play defensively. And I think they need to hear that from me along with PK and Choate and T Joe and Bo and Blake and that whole crew. But um, I can't just say to the staff, I need to be involved with those guys and maybe be able to coach them when we're on the field as well. Wow. I like that. You know, you guys understand I am in the military. I tell you guys that all the time. And one of my mentors used to always say, let my leaders lead. Right. And so I think that is, well, you see, yeah, so let my leaders lead unless they and only step in unless you yeah, only step in when they need uh, you to step in. And so it seems like that is what Sark's doing. We saw what Sark was able to do last year on the offensive side of the ball with the limited weapons that we had last year. You know, when Whittington went down, the only wide receiver that we really had that feared any, that that put fear in, in anybody was worthy. Um, we had Bijan, who was great, but you know, when you don't have any outside threats outside of worthy, it's easy for teams to kind of crash down on Bijan and stop him. Um, but the offense was still clicking. The offense was was one of the top 25 offenses in the country. Um, and so in saying all that, I think Sark really concentrated on the offensive side of the ball. However, he let his leaders lead, meaning he let PK lead on defense, um, but he's only stepping in uh, when it's necessary. And it's necessary because last year our defense finished, what, I think the 100th ranked defense in the country. Um, so now it's time for the head guy in charge, the leader, to be more of a presence. Um, I think Sark kind of uh, thought that we could play the complimentary football and our, our offense could do what they do and score as many points as, as like we wanted to and win games and have our defense just, just hold up. We were scoring points a lot and scoring in bunches. And I listened to the podcast Locked on Longhorns by my boy Jay Davis. Um, he had a great um, piece this morning. Um, where he basically said, yeah, Texas scored 48 points against OU. Texas probably could have won that game if they scored 41 points and held the ball for 30 minutes instead of 24 minutes, right? So, yeah, I think Texas had the ball for 24 minutes that game. Um, but if Texas slows that offense down, um, plays the true complimentary football, holds the ball a little bit longer, scores 41 points, they probably win that game uh, because Oklahoma doesn't get an opportunity to go score points in that defense. But also, Sark is inserting himself into the defensive side of the ball because he knows what he wants this team to actually look like. And for him to have the opportunity to talk to those guys and them see him on a regular basis, not just the offense. It looks like the offense felt very comfortable with him last year, but not the defense side of the ball. So this is, you know, like this is time for our coach, for Coach Sark, to insert himself back on the defensive side of the ball as well to let everybody know the common vision and the mission for Texas football. 
you know, DQ and I obviously go way back prior to even when we were in Atlanta. You know, he was in Seattle when I was at the University of Washington. Developed a great relationship. Um, and then obviously working for Dan for two years in Atlanta. Um, I think Dan's an excellent teacher. I think he does an awesome job of conveying his message. But I also think there's a unique connection between he and PK and that they're both defensive front guys. Um, Dan is a D-line specialist. You know, PK is a D-line, you know, edge specialist. And so the idea of installing, the idea of game planning, the idea of, of calling a defense in game with that perspective from a front perspective, I think we all can continue to grow. Uh, it's no different than me going to the. Yeah. So let's talk about this for a minute. To be a great coach, to be a great leader, and sometimes you got to understand that your style, your leadership is not going to be the best at all times. That's why you see a guy like Sark go and meet with a Todd McVay, you know, when he was in California not too long ago. It was like a couple months ago or like last month or whatever. That's why you've seen him getting those um, those meetings and those those mentor sessions between Dan Quinn, who he used to work for in Atlanta and knew very well when he was coaching at Washington and Dan Quinn was with the Seahawks. Um, you know, being close with him, having a relationship with him, going back with him for years, having him meet up with his defensive coordinator, uh, you know, so PK. Uh, and he made, uh, you know, like just a small statement there. That I don't know if, if you guys caught. He said, Dan Quinn is a defensive line specialist. PK is also a defensive line guy, an edge guy. And he needed him to go meet with Quinn just to pick his brain about maybe PK doesn't have the, the, um, the type of recruit and the type of player that he inherited from the previous staff that he needs to run his defense. How does he make that better on the defensive side of the ball, especially along the defensive line? And maybe this is where Dan Quinn can come in and talk about some of the problems that he basically had, let's say for instance, in Dallas, when he gets to Dallas, as a defensive coordinator. Um, he's able to, you know, sign players that came from uh, the uh, Falcons as well, but he had to work with what he was given. And maybe some of those defensive line pieces aren't the exact pieces that he would have chosen. However, he had to make the best of it. And some of the pickups that he picked last year at first, I was like, you know, what is he doing? But, you know, once you like nitpick it and look at it, it makes perfect sense because that Dallas defense did great things. You look at what he was able to do with a Michael Parsons, which let's be honest, Michael Parsons is on his on 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 his streamline to to greatness. You're seeing one of the one of the great young players here in the league. But Dan Quinn essentially used and I'm going to steal something from Rob Babers, you know, and Jeff Howell again from the uh, Longhorn Blitz. Um, and also Mike Harge, you know, from uh, the Bottom Line podcast as well. Rod B talks about that three safety look uh, that Iowa State basically uses a lot. And it's like the NFL has basically, you know, stolen that that look as well. And Dallas Cowboys have been one of those organizations with Dan Quinn that is, you know, basically used that three safety look. Maybe that's something that we start to see here at Texas. I mean, I can see something great from a three safety look of, let's say, Anthony Cook, Crawford, uh, Thompson. I mean, that would be an awesome three safety look. Um, and also maybe using the defensive line pieces similar to what Dallas did last year, um, having somebody come off the edge that can truly rush the quarterback where do you 
you know, kind of unleash um, an Alfred Collins. Maybe he turns the, the light switch on. Maybe a Justice Finkley does his thing. My money would be on a guy like Jamon Tapp. I think he has the length and the strength. Um, and just has that dog, you know, like attitude in him. I think it'd be great. And then you can use, like I said earlier, a DeMarvin Overshine at your chest piece, like a Michael Parsons. You can use him to drop back in coverage and cover a tight end. You can use him to play a little bit of middle linebacker. Um, you know, he's had a full season this year, a full offseason. He's picked up weight. He looks very good with his weight on, too. And he's one of those guys that can, like, no kidding, um, stop the run, no kidding, rush the passer. And he can just be a chess piece in this Texas defense. I think that's what I like. I think Overshine's going to be a chess piece. Um, you heard it here first. PK is going to use Overshawn, similar to how the Cowboys are using Michael Parsons, and I think we're going to have a pretty decent defense this year. Is with Sean McVay, right? I, I never feel like I'm not trying to grow and get better and improve, and PK is no different. I think he's 55, and he's meeting with one of the best in the NFL right now, and, and finding new ways and, and new techniques to motivate, to scheme, to. Um, you know, instill fundamentals and techniques in our defense and the style of play that, that we all want them to have. Sure. You added you into your practice schedule that was in response to a weakness that you saw last year? Um, not, not as of today. I mean, obviously the special teams was a, definitely a different component. You know, I felt like a year ago we were relying on too many frontline starters on too many special teams, uh, meaning – you know, I'm, I'm a starting will linebacker, but I'm starting on three or four special teams. That's too many. And we want all of our starters. Very true. Very true. Um, let's be honest. When Texas was, was really good back in the day, folks, we were talking about the 01 to 2008, 9, 10 range, right? Um, you had your best players fighting to play special teams. I mean, you know, you had your Michael Griffins playing special teams and doing great things. You had your Nathan Vasher returning punts. You had great players play special teams, but we also had death at some of those guys that end up becoming great players at Texas. They got their start on special teams. So maybe this is an opportunity to where we have guys that aren't going to get a lot of snaps, but they're going to get a lot of snaps on special teams. So not, I would say, live defensive and offensive game reps, but a lot of special team reps just to get the game the speed, you know, like absorbing, you know, absorb in their system, but also to be able to get in the field and showcase their athletic ability and um, and just do some great things here at Texas. First to have an impact on special teams, one, maybe two. Um, but to do that, we need to develop our younger players so that they can have exactly, exactly the younger teams. players. The only way to do it is to give them real competitions. And that's why we kind of essentially for the first 10 practices, we will have four teams competing against one another. And uh, hopefully that provides opportunities to see guys and give them the opportunity to kind of showcase, you know, their, their ability to get into the 3D for that next week and then ultimately get into the 2D for game week. So in terms of the process when you're looking for guys that you see might be four special teams guys, is that stuff you can watch on film in high school or determine the evaluation process? Or is that more well it's always it's always an advantage when they have when they play special teams in high school mm-hmm. you know two guys that jump out to me for example maurice blackwell was a heck of a special teams player in high school travel johnson was a really good special teams player in high school and it was all over their tape covering kicks blocking punts uh that's good to know you know hey guys travel johnson 
Uh, it's our only linebacker, you know, really that was taken in the class. He's a little undersized linebacker, but um, he's a good player, man. I mean, he's, like I said, a quick twitch guy. He played a lot of special teams. You see him blocking kicks. You see him uh, stopping everybody in the run. I mean, this this guy is one of those guys who who could potentially play safety here at Texas also. I mean, that's that's like the kind of skill set that he has. Uh, but he's definitely going to be one of those guys that should be a pretty good linebacker here at Texas once he gets into the process and gets into the program unless it's body mature. Um, so we always try to find those things. Um, and then some guys don't, you know, some guys are the best player on their team and I don't blame their high school coaches for not wanting to put them out there and because they play every snap on offense and defense. And, you know, naturally, you know, most good football players are good at special teams, you know, because the instincts are, are still there, but we definitely try to find it in, in the film study of recruiting um, because that's one of the quickest ways for those young players to get on the field is on teams that first year. Right, you ask Jai Hall, there's going to be some questions about his maturity coming out of Alabama. How have you found him? I think he's progressing. You know, um, transition is tough for everybody. You know, I get all that, you know, and when you're, when you're a true freshman and you're thrust into some of the environments and big-time games he was in and, are you prepared? Are you not? And so our job as coaches, when, when any player, a Jai is no different than a Keelan Robinson or a Ryan Watts or anybody that comes into our program is to try to get them immersed into our culture um, and then try to develop them on and off the field so that they can grow and, and have an impact on our team, but also kind of grow as a person and as a man and as a player uh, to build their own brand, you know, to, to be what they can be and, and try to get them as to get as close to their potential as possible. And he's got a lot of potential. I think he's making progress and making strides, um, not a finished product. And that's okay. Like, I don't, I don't expect our guys to be finished, finished products, but what I do expect is growth. And I think we're seeing that. I love that. I love that about Jai Hall. Um, I honestly think Ajay Hall has the potential to be um, the, the dark horse best transfer this year, uh, meaning that he has an opportunity um, to be a, a wide receiver who can line up all over the field, play the X, Y, and the Z as well. Um, he has really good speed for a big guy, um, a, a great catch radius, um, has some dog mentality in him too. Um, you know, and just also, folks, you got to understand, every environment, that you're in is not meant for you. Uh, he might fit in really well in a Sarkeesian offense and in, in, in Sarkeesian environment, uh, that culture. Uh, Nick Saban's not for everybody, folks. It's just not. You know, even uh, Mac Brown wasn't for everybody, right? Uh, Jimbo Fisher's not for everybody. You know, Bob Stoops wasn't for everybody. You know, uh, Lincoln Riley, every, every kid – wanted to go play in the offense and eventually once they got there, some people like, ah, you know what? I'm just not feeling this. And, and that's not a knock. Some people love to play for Nick Saban. Some people love to play for Sarkeesian or a, you know, a uh, Kirby smart. Right. But every environment is not meant for everybody. Sometimes people just need a change of scenery and able to have the best um, of themselves come out. And maybe that's what we're seeing here. with a Jai Hall? Uh, I thought they did a good job. Um, you know, there's always going to be plays that they wish they could have back, you know, and, and I, again, I thought we played pretty good coverage today too. 
Um, we created some big plays. I thought they took shots down the field, which showed a, that, that mentality that we want. And we hit some. We didn't hit some. That's okay. Um, I think most more importantly as we grow here into day two, day three, day four, this first week is really – developing that precision passing game, which, you know, I don't expect, expect it to be just on point precise in day one, you know, that it's new. We're out there. We're really running plays together. It's different than when you're just throwing individual routes. And so there's probably a handful of throws that, man, I want that ball a yard in front of his front number. And it was on the receiver's back hip. And so, you know, from day two, are we moving that, that target? Are we moving that throw? Are we, are we really throwing that ball with accuracy that I know they're capable of doing? Um, but again, there's a lot going on offensively. There's a lot going on defensively. Mm-hmm. We're playing a little tighter coverage. Um, but I, for the first day, I was I was definitely pleased with their performance. I love that he said that the defense is playing tighter coverage. And I like that because it's going to allow the defense to get more opportunities to rush the quarterback. Um, because when you play tighter coverage and uh, you're not just hitting eight yards off of a off of a wide out or a tight end. Um, where, the, where the QB can basically go to his first read and just hit him in stride for three or four yards and just pick up, you know, just small chunks of yards. When you're playing press coverage, get a guy off his, you know, like initial route, make the quarterback make a second decision, gives that defensive line and that uh, defensive end, that 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 edge rusher, the opportunity um, to basically uh, get some more rushing time on the quarterback to be able to either sack him or force him to, make a play that he does want to make, right? So I love the idea of us playing more press coverage, um, but you can tell Sark really wants to pick that quarterback <laughs> because I think he understands the more uh, first-team reps that his guy, his guy, whether it's Quinn, whether it is you know Hudson Card, the more uh, first-team reps they get with these wide receivers is only going to help them get that ball from the back shoulder or the back hip to the front hip right in front of the numbers. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see exactly when he picks this guy. Um, I would say probably after the first week and a half of practices so that that guy can get the lion's share of those first-team reps, not only with the wide receivers but with handoffs, with the uh, – with the uh, the backs and also with you know just getting the snaps right between him and the center. You both can go. It's okay, guys. Yeah, I like Tariq. You know, Tariq is a very mature young man. Um, you see why um, he kind of had the role that he had at Iowa State. He definitely has you know real speed. Um, he's a, he's got a really mature approach to the game. He's prepared, he's organized, he's got his life in order and it shows on the field. He knows what he's doing. And so glad to have him for sure. Love that about Tariq Milton. Um, great insurance, just in case something happens to Jordan Whittington, you have a guy who it's no kidding, a, a, a high four, three, low four, four kind of guy that can really run, set up some really good numbers his sophomore year at Iowa state, had a few injuries that kind of, you know, kind of had his season just kind of take some back steps here the last couple of years. However, I think this is a great pickup for Texas. Uh, just the opportunity to get somebody in um, that can potentially take over for Jordan Whittington if something happens, or if Jordan Whittington plays all season, just needs a spell here or there. Um, and hopefully it's just Jordan Whittington needs a spell here or there and there is some injury, but we shall see. Kirk questions. Kirk always asked the hard questions. Kirk always asked the hard questions. Body language, definitely. Um, 
I look for, you know, sometimes body language is ownership. You know, there's a level of accountability, you know, and that's taking responsibility for your own actions. If you miss the throw, are you willing to own it and let the receiver know, you know, that sometimes that's as important as having a lot of bravado and a lot of confidence, because that to me is a lot of confidence that you're willing to accept, uh, you know, responsibility for, for a misplay. And so I think both these guys are, are really mature. Uh, they got a really cool workmanlike mentality. I know I said this yesterday, but there's something about our room this year that I, I really enjoy. These guys, it's definitely competitive, but they, they, I feel like they work really well together and they, you know, they're pulling for one another. I think these guys really want to win a championship. And that to me is, is very healthy. Um, that doesn't mean one guy doesn't want to start more than the other. I'm sure they both do, uh, but they came to work today just to enjoy playing football, get better at football you know, persevere through some of the, the tough plays and get on the other side of them and, and keep grinding through practice. And, and I thought they did that. <laughs> Sark knows. Sark knows who he wants at quarterback. Self-advertise. I think we see that. Sark knows who he wants at quarterback. I think we see that, folks. It's going to be interesting to see, man. I'm excited about it. Great season coming up. Uh, you know, hopefully Texas does what we want them to do um, and anticipate them doing, you know, having a good season. But let me guys know, just let me know in the comments, how do you like this kind of style? I like doing the reaction videos. I thought this was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I'll keep doing them here um, for the press conferences, maybe after the games, prior to the games, after practices, uh, just to kind of go through some things. But, folks, I'm going to end this like in all my podcasts, man. Do you. Don't be afraid to fail. I grow your environment. Understand your brilliance. Horns always up. Hook them.